of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast will contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and are for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show. These facts I'm retelling were presented to me by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you are going to get offended, turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime Hotline. In today's episode, we're going to be doing some follow-up questions from our patron members on past episodes as well as some shout outs some patron members have called in and said some things they've said and i really appreciate it y'all if you have the hotline number you're a patron and we really appreciate you and support the show and so i'm woody overton your host and let's get started Hi, Woody. This is Karen Travels from California. Um, I actually had two questions. First of all, you say a lot that uh, people are sentenced to hard time. And I'm curious, do you literally mean hard, I'm sorry, hard labor? Do you literally mean that? Because, you know, in California, we have nice cushy prisons where they get to sunbathe in the prison yard and play cards and do sports and learn a craft. And uh, so if they actually are serving hard labor, that'd be awesome. And secondly, what's up with Kathy Bernard now? Is she still around? Is she still as big of a slime ball? Um, just curious. So I love your podcast so much. It's my new favorite. I can't wait every week for the new one to drop. And keep up the good work. And thanks to you and Cindy. You guys are doing a great job. Take care. All right, well, Kathy, really good questions, right? And y'all, Kathy's been a big supporter of the show. And Kathy, we really, really appreciate you. Let's see the first question. At hard labor in the state of Louisiana, if an inmate is sentenced at hard labor, that means they have to work when they're in prison, okay? Now, if they don't work, they're given what they call a direct verbal order to do whatever it is. And most of it, like Angola, it's a... Over 5,000 acres in this actual working farm. They call it the farm. And they raise all their own vegetables, milk, 
and meats and everything else, and they actually sell it to the state of Louisiana or sell it. They, it's deducted from their bill to the state of Louisiana, and they sell all the food or probably 80% of all the food, milk, and stuff to the rest of the prisons in the state of Louisiana. So it helps cut down on the cost of housing inmates. But yes, if you don't go to work, when they tell you to go to work, then you get locked up in the hole and you know, you catch a charge and it's an actual charge for failure to follow a direct verbal order. Now, let me tell you something. They got some shitty jobs, man. I mean, imagine in standing in the heat of Louisiana, uh, all day long hoeing on these garden fields. They don't use tractors. They have them out there on what they call a gun line. And it's probably, a hundred inmates on the line and two guards on horseback on either end with rifles. And if you start to fight, yes, they have hoes and whatever eggs, whatever it is that they're using. They have, they have implements and they're told when they're given these tools, if you start to fight with them, we're just going to kill you. I mean, they don't have to fire a warning shot. They shoot them. They don't say shoot to kill or shoot to stop. But of course, you know, you shoot them on a high power rifle that close up, they're going to die. So, but remember like 5,500 inmates in Angola and like 5,000 of them have life without the possibility of parole and the rest of them, you don't even get sentenced to Angola unless you get like more than 75 years, I think. So the rest of them are going to die there anyway. But that's a real good question. They work their ass off and especially the young bucks or there's just a difference between an inmate and a convict. An inmate is someone who gets locked up. And, you know, they're fighting and fighting with staff and or guards and slinging the dope and stuff like that. They cause problems. All right. Now, convict is a term of respect. A convict is somebody who's down and they're doing their time. They're not letting their time do them. And they they don't want problems. They don't want people fighting with staff. They don't want to get put on lockdown and stuff like that. So, but yes, they and the convicts generally end up with the better jobs. They end up being the trustees and the the ones who take care of the horses or milk the cows or whatever. I mean, there's so many different jobs that they do. But everything done inside the prison, from maintenance to the floors to trash to the laundry to the kitchen. Everything is done by prisoners, and it's it's not exactly easy labor. Now, when once you become a convict, you can get easier time, if you will, and move up, right? So, and they have benefits that they could do. But the fresh ones, fresh fish, I guarantee you, they're doing hard labor. And I'll give you one more example, real quick. When I was a corrections sergeant at DCI Dixon Correctional Institute in ninety one nineteen ninety one, they had a crawfish plant. And twice a day, they worked two 12-hour shifts. They ran the plant 24 hours a day. And what happened is twice a day, an 18-wheeler load of crawfish would pull up to the crawfish plant, which is simply a small building where they piled in inmates with a bunch of flat tables. And they would boil the crawfish, you know, not season. They would just boil the crawfish, and each inmate in a 12-hour period, had to peel 14 pounds of tail meat. Okay, so you're peeling this little crawfish, and you get out this not even 2-gram piece of tail meat. They had to peel 14 pounds of tail meat to not get put in the hole at the end of the shift. So 
imagine standing there peeling crawfish for 12 hours a day. Now, they don't get to use their teeth to pull the meat out like I did, or like I do, which makes it a lot faster. They literally have to peel each tail, thousands and thousands and thousands of tails a day. And when what they do is they take that tail meat and then they vacuum seal it and then they sell it under a different name. It sells for like fourteen ninety nine a pound in the in the local grocery stores, and people add it to their gumbos or etouffees or or whatever. But then when it's not crawfish season, they turn it into a chicken plant, and they have to cut chickens twelve hours a day, cut up meat for packaging or wherever. And I think it's at one point in the year when when the onions are harvested, they actually have to cut up onions. Can you imagine that shit, cutting onions for 12 hours a day? So, yeah, hard labor. And in the state of Louisiana means hard labor. Karen, that's a great question. And on Kathy Bernard, the last I heard, she had, I mean, evidently is still going round and round with the authorities. Uh, She had done a post on a page that's anti-police and whatever uh, on Facebook. I forget the name of it right now, but anyway, she's saying some, one of our, one of our uh, listeners actually posted it and was saying that like, she is challenging the office of child protective services saying they're whatever, whatever. And she's a good upstanding citizen and blah, 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 whatever. I mean, I don't know how some people live with themselves, but, not mine to judge, but you're a sweetheart, dear, and thank you so much. Karen was one of our first y'all. We started tier four on Patreon this week, which is everything tier one, two, and three get. But tier four, upon signing up, you get a welcome sticker. And after two months of being a tier four member, you get a free t shirt from the store which is a $20 value right there with I mean shipping is more than that and then also within a two-month period you get a personal phone call or FaceTime or whatever you want to do with me and so Karen was one of the first ones to upgrade to that and Karen really appreciate it so y'all I hadn't even made that announcement we just started this week and man a bunch of people jumped over to it and we really appreciate that y'all it helps us out and like I said, we just ordered some new sound equipment this week. It'll be in Tuesday. It's going to allow me to have guests on the show. We can record more than one microphone at a time. We'll be able to do phone interviews and all this other fancy stuff that I don't know anything about that Cindy's taking care of. But y'all's money does help. I appreciate you. All right. So next question. The next question is texted in from Ms. Christine Hernandez. Now, Christine has been there from day one, and she also does more than we could ask in patron, and she is one of the first ones to upgrade to Tier 4 also. But she's also a dream team moderator, y'all, and she works a lot behind the scenes and does a lot for us. And, Christine, you know we love you and appreciate you. And I love San Diego, California, right? So Christine sent in a text and says, Hey, Woody, this is Christine. I have a question. Have you ever testified in a criminal trial? I would love to hear about that. Keep up the good work. Christine, every single major case I've done, I, I've testified in court. Okay, now let's talk about that. You've heard me talk about all the court motions and stuff like that that actually lead up to a trial. And most of the cases... I can't say most of the cases, but a lot of my cases, unless it was a aggravated rape 
or second degree murder or first degree murder, they would always plead out, almost always plead out because they knew, you know, I didn't build junk, right? My, my, I was going to get the conviction. My, they, they weren't going to beat it on the police fork side. And so the DA was able to plea bargain them out because we didn't build junk. We built good stuff. But the rest of them, guaranteed, Christine, I spent more time on the witness stand than most lawyers, probably all the lawyers that you know have ever spent combined in a courtroom. All right. So yes, trial after trial after trial. And the witness stand was kind of my, my thing. And I love beating the defense attorney mentally, which is easy to do when, when you built a good case, but then, you know, figuring them out where they're coming from and working the jury uh, by looking them in the eyes and stuff, not answering the defense attorney. It's, it's a lot of little courtroom tricks. And I get, when we get into some of the bigger cases coming up, Christine, I'm going to spend more time talking about the court stuff. I, I think I failed y'all because I skip over it a lot because that just, I did so much of it. And then it seems like it would be boring to the listeners to me, but I'm going to start pulling trial transcripts so you can hear some of the, mental karate, if you will, they would go back and forth between the defense attorneys and I, but great question. And starting in June, we're going to start adding some of that in. Love you, Christine. Thank you. Okay. Y'all I need to give a shout out to the conspire carrot, who is a patron member. And I, I absolutely, I think maybe it's patron signing or there. I don't know if it's male or female, Patron sign in came up after I recorded the last episode, so he didn't or they didn't get their shout out. And I told him that I sent him a message, and I correspond with all our patrons all the time, right uh, through a private thing on Patreon. But the and I let him them know that hey, you know what, I didn't get you on there in time. Uh, but they responded and said, okay, that's fine. It's not really important to me. I just figure if if I throw a buck or two a month to people doing quality stuff that eventually we will have actually entertaining entertainment, newsworthy news, etc. And he says, I don't know if I have a question as to true crime, but as to law enforcement or prosecution in general, I find quite often lately that I feel very much like the one guy in the clutch grand jury. And I, y'all, when he's talking about that, it, he's talking about the guy who slammed his fist on the table and said, Detective Overton, I want to know how this son of a bitch has been getting away with raping kids for over 20 years and which has prompted the district attorney to go out of the room and come back and go for aggravated rape, which they weren't going to do. But um, anyway, continues. It says, it seems that we do a very bad job protecting our children from actual predators that we have dead to the rights. Why is that? What motivates the DA to take it easy on a guy like that? Also, why exactly do they bother with grand juries anyway? It seems to me that they are tools the DA uses to avoid having to look like they made an unpopular decision to not go forward with a prosecution. I mean, is there ever a grand jury where the prosecutor does not know all the answers ahead of time? The idea that a witness will be compelled to testify or face contempt sounds like it would bring out new information, but I seriously doubt that if it really ever really does. So let me address the first part of that, y'all, because it's kind of long. The, I don't think it's necessarily that the DA wants to take it easy on a person like that. Just like in, in the Constance case, when I had 20 plus victims in 
they literally could have gone for the death penalty because in Louisiana, aggravated rape is mandatory life without, or if it's a, if it's a kid under 12 or a person over 80 something, then it can be a death penalty case. Although no one's ever gotten that. I think it's more about what they know can be a slam dunk. So they're going to offer them instead of going for aggravated rapes and whatever, they, they drop it down to sexual batteries and get them to plea out. I don't really know, but I know on the, Constance episode, Double Clutch. I think it was an eye-opener. Look, the assistant DAs I work with were great people, y'all. I mean, they. I don't know. I don't know why they did that, why they didn't have the meeting with me the day before, et cetera. But I knew damn well why they didn't want to go for the death penalty, and that's because of the cost of it, of it. And I get that. You know, him doing life times four is great. But when they weren't even going to go for the aggravated rapes, I didn't get that. But, I mean, they found out real quick how people actually felt about it because I went in there even though they told me not to say anything about aggravated rape, I said aggravated rape, aggravated rape. I mean, I didn't, I didn't stop it, and they weren't going to stop me once I'd started. Right? District attorneys basically are good people. I don't think they're trying to get out of anything. I don't know what the motivation was other than hurry up or and get it prosecuted and get it over with. And on grand juries in the state of Louisiana, if it's a murder or like second degree murder or first degree or whatever, a heinous crime like that, aggravated rape, you have to send it to the grand jury. It has to be billed. It's just the way that it is. So I can't just sign a warrant in it for first degree murder and go before the judge and say, this is what my probable cause was. And that's enough to charge him. You're talking about taking somebody's life, literally, whether they spend the rest of it in jail or you execute them then it's just law. It has to go before the grand jury. And yes, I think you're probably, I know you're right when they send some cases to the grand jury that they don't want to mess with, that they don't have to send to the grand jury. Now I can tell you generally that comes in child abuse cases or allegations of child abuse. because well, unfortunately not all of them are true. And sometimes it's a bad custody battle and they get the kids to say whatever, and I mean, I've been on some absolute bullshit cases like that where people to me, that's almost as bad as abusing the kid when they get their kids to lie because the, of the custody battles. Y'all is just divorces and stuff, man. I don't I never understand that, but I've seen it time and time again in the district attorney on those cases would be like, send it to the grand jury. And as the grand jury turns it down, then that's on them. Right. Then they, the, the people can't come back and call the news and say, oh, well, such and such did such and such to my kid and, and the DA won't prosecute it. So that's just the DA district attorney's right to do so. Send it to the grand jury. And honestly, that it pretty much is a fair way. I mean, if it's bullshit, it's bullshit. And, and but if it's a good deal and it goes to the grand jury, they're going to indict. So but you're right on it. The DA does have control of that. The defense attorney is not in there. The bad guy's not in there. It is a secret grand jury and the prosecutor gets to present whatever evidence they want to. So I don't know. Great question. I did appreciate it. Okay. So to continue conspire carrot statement, he's talking about the grand jury he says now, if it would be a citizen's grand jury, I could kind of see how we might get some cases to go to court that a DA wouldn't touch. But as the DA already has prosecutorial power, why do they need the grand jury? And I just explained that. And he says, or they say, you don't have to answer any of that. LOL. My brain just does that. And then it says, it is very frustrating, though. I want these kid fuckers taken care of the first time and never be heard of again. They can't change. 
will conspire carrot i promise you i totally agree with you that they're not going to change the the baby rapers it, the sexual part is like one percent of it. it it's 99 percent mental on the sex offenders um and they are not going to change. And they—they they are the, a lot of them are super smart. And the, they get locked up. Gerald Bordelon was one. Got locked up numerous times and got out on early parole because he's such a good fucking con man. And he, he told them exactly what they wanted to hear in the group therapy sessions and all that bullshit. But you know what? It didn't matter. It, it, it really, they had a law proposal in the state of Louisiana to castrate sex offenders. But guess what? That shit doesn't work either because the sex is 99% mental, 99% mental. I had one guy that I got a confession out of. He was a former Catholic priest and he had been raping people forever. And I'm talking about like since the early sixties and I called up with him and he was 82 years old and he was just as much mentally turned on by it as he ever was. Right. And he's 82 years old. So no, uh, really stopping them. I'd like to lock them all up and throw away the key, you know, but it is what it is. Our justice system is not perfect, but it is the best in the world. Thank you for your question and thank you for your support. Conspire carried us on Patreon. We really, really appreciate you. Okay. Our next question comes from one of our dear friends, Kim in Central Florida. Here we go. I had a question about Chris in the episode Trust No One. Um, I know that you guys found the two bodies that he um, murdered, but I was wondering if you have any others that showed up that maybe were suspicious of him that just never got actually legally put to him, or if you guys were ever able to connect him to anything else. Thanks. Okay, Kim is an awesome patron supporter and a Dream Team member moderator of our private page, y'all, which is right at 800 members today. So if you're not a member of our private page, it's real life, real crime, friends, fans, and crew on Facebook. You have to be be screened to get in, not because we're Nazis or anything, but because we don't want any trolls in the group posting bullshit which unfortunately when you get a group that gets that size it happens right so if you're not a member of the group you've got to check it out i'm telling you that it's fan interaction bonus stuff on the episodes contest giveaways all this stuff that our people do and obviously 800 people in over two months love it right so kim uh, chris allen david hunt uh, confessed to the two murders and now remember they brought him to me to do on the polygraph was not my case although i did go out with them in the middle of the night because we had that connection etc but i didn't even testify in that trial and he was found not guilty he did a judge trial on for nelson henson which y- y'all sometimes i think Criminals are really smart, right? Because if you get a jury up there on that case, then this dude's confessed and and the body pops up and he confesses to shoving away face down in the water. Uh, A jury is going to want blood. They're going to know. They're going to have 
a son or a grandson or a brother or whatever they're going to be thinking about when they hear about the victim. And now when the judge came back and ruled that the DA did not show beyond a reasonable doubt that Chris Allen Hunt actually caused the death of Nelson Henson. He said that when he shoved him into the water, he could have just been knocked out and the state didn't put on anything that said that Henson could swim or whatever, right? And they're just saying that he went into the water, he could have drowned because he couldn't swim and whatever else. But I mean, I guess technically, you know, that's what judges do. If you're fair and impartial, you have to call it like you see it. I kind of think that's bullshit. But anyway, back to the bad guy. I promise you that some bitches killed more than two people, period. And he told me that, and I'm going from memory, that he worked all around the world doing the shipbuilding. And he had just spent a couple years in Aruba. And I was thinking, damn, I wonder if he did Natalie Holloway. No way you can tell me he's not a psychopath. Remember, he had tattooed across his knuckles, trust no one. Um, I promise you, he's done other people. Unfortunately, right around that same time, and actually before this trial even came up, I had transferred to the Louisiana State Police as a criminal investigator out of headquarters in Baton Rouge, and I just had my UK slowed right unless I got subpoenaed to come back. I didn't follow up on these cats. I don't know if that dude moved away. I don't know whatever happened to him, but I bet you they could put more bodies on him, which, as y'all know, true crime fans, that makes him, what, a serial killer. More than two murders that are not connected, not at the same time, and for different reasons. So, yeah, he's definitely, I would bet anything that dude's a serial killer. Thanks, Kim. We love you. I have a text message, and I don't know who it is, y'all, from a patron. It's just, like, totally anonymous, and it says, Do you have audio of any interrogations you've conducted? And I absolutely do not. Back in the day... I wouldn't even, we wouldn't even turn on the audio until we got the full confession right. And I know, I mean, nowadays every interview room has cameras and we didn't have any of that bullshit. But I think, I mean, I'm just saying, not having the audio and the, and the cameras obviously probably helped us persuade, if you will, the bad guy to give up the confessions or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying we beat him with rubber hoses or anything, but you're going to hear about a couple of them where I basically pull every trick in the book and then some to get these people to confess. But my firm belief is they confess and they have the knowledge. I don't believe that I ever got anybody to confess that didn't do it. All right. And I'm not like that. They didn't have anybody like that kid on the dude. He and his uncle, I forget the name of it. The uh, making of a murder. Right. And I I'm wouldn't like that kid. And, and, but no, I don't have any recordings. I suppose I could get some uh, of the actual confessions if I go pull the case files. And maybe if y'all are interested in hearing those, you just let me know. Um, I guess you would be. I guess it's pretty interesting. But you have to remember, even when we got the confessions, a lot of times it was just bullshit. They were just admitting to the smallest amount 
that they could because I made them believe that we had them hemmed in one way or another. They just would minimize their involvement a lot of times in the confessions, which was just enough for us to go ahead and charge them. And then we'd come back and prove that they were full of shit, that they really did all of the crime with whatever specific intent. And we would prove that through the evidence. So the take confessions, a lot of times, even though we knew they weren't a hundred percent truthful, it is what it is, but I do not, physically possess any but i'm gonna see if i can get my hands on some and y'all if you're interested in that the confessions or taped interviews or more courtroom transactions between me on the stand and trials and stuff if y'all want that let me know and i mean if we could take this to a whole new level all i have to do is go pull the information thank you whoever it is anonymous I appreciate you being a patron member. If you have this number, y'all, then you know you mean something special to us because you support us through Patreon, and we really appreciate it, whoever you are. And I don't know why, but a lot of people like to send in texts. They don't want to hear their voice, and then I'm cool with that. I don't mind reading it, but I don't mind hearing your voices either, but each to his own. But if you don't want to send in a audio question, use the same number and send me a text. And I want to hear all your questions. Thanks. Okay, this one, y'all, is also was texted in from Miss Kathy Morris. And Kathy Morris is a big supporter through Patreon. We love you, Kathy. And she just gave us a shout out. She said, Woody, I love your podcast. It's difficult to listen to my other favorite true crime podcast because you are the bomb. Capital B-O-M-B exclamation. Thank you so much for sharing your real life stories. Well, Kathy, I love you, and thank you for taking the time to send in that message. And I think you're the bomb. All right, I think all of our listeners are the bomb, honestly. But I love you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting us, and it really means a lot, y'all. It really does. Thank you, Kathy. You're the bomb. So our next one is from Brandy Elliott, who is a Long time support of the show. And y'all say long time. We've only been on two and a half months, right? Or three months. But Brandy Elliott's awesome. She upgraded her patron to tier four. She's been a patron member since day one, I think. But I sent her a message, a thank you message for upgrading the tier four. I sent all of them personalized messages through patron and said, hey, you know, it's Woody. Thank you. This is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And she responded, no problem. I enjoy watching you grow as a podcaster, ex- exclamation, and I love how much you interact with everyone and let us know how much our support means to you, exclamation. When you become a famous podcaster, I will be able to say I was there from the beginning. I have never seen a podcaster that interacts as much as you do, and that definitely makes you stand out above the rest. And I guess what I'm saying is never change. I know it will become hard to stay in contact the more listeners that you get. But I hope that when you have a million plus downloads, you will always remember our little click that started with you. Keep up the good work. Well, Randy Ellett, I'm never going to forget you, dear. And I just don't think I would do it if I couldn't show my love back for the people who are showing the love to me. And I guess, you know, a million downloads is a long ways from where we are, which y'all, I don't think I told you, but again, the show today, we're like 56,500 which is crazy. 
for less than three months. But yes, we are growing very rapidly, Brandy, but I know I will never forget the people who help us get there. And it's all our fans. And I try to respond to everybody and not just because I feel like I have to, because I actually enjoy doing it. I mean, I'm really getting a kick out of it. So I love you, Brandy. I appreciate it. And when we hit a million downloads, I'm going to call you up personally and let you know that I haven't forgot about you. And I appreciate you for being there from day one. Awesome. Thank you. And y'all let's do one more from our jokester and longtime patron member and she's also a dream team member and we're going to close it up with this one hello woody and cindy jenny from norcal here i have a question i'm just wondering uh how you came up with the name of your podcast i think it's fantastic very catchy also your artwork is great and i'm just wondering where that came from also so if you could share that with us, that'd be super cool. And of course, one more question. What did the girl from Louisiana say when she was leaving? Bye, you. Peace out, guys. So, Jenny, you know we love you, sweetie. And love it. Always love your jokes, right? So, bye, you. That's never heard that one. And I, I think it's funny. And Jenny calls in every hotline episode, y'all, and, and drops us a funny haha that I haven't heard before. Um, Jenny. Okay, the name of the show, literally, my wife and I went out on a date night or a couple of nights. We went to a hotel in Biloxi and get away from the kids. Uh, it was right just more than halfway through hunting season, so I hadn't been home a lot, and the, the weather was kind of off. It was right before New Year's Eve, so I took her out of town for a couple of nights, and we had some adult time, together time, which is awesome, too. But that's when she told me about podcasts. I'd never even heard of a damn podcast. But then she's like, you need to tell your stories. I'm telling you, you need to tell your stories. And they're going to love your voice, blah, 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 whatever. And so we were looking into it. And we were kicking around names over drinks. Now, my wife loves a good margarita on the rocks with sugar on the rim, not salt. And I love a good cold beer and an icy, frosty mug. So we were having some of those. And we do some of our best work. Uh, on those days and we we're kicking around the name and I just came up with we need to tell the real life stories about real crime and about real victims and about real bad guys and that I've actually talked to or interacted with in some way or arrested or you know got confessions out of whatever I wanted it to be because we were looking at the other true crime podcasts and I'm not knocking them. Evidently it's big time shit, right? People love it, but I didn't see any true crime podcasts that were told by the cops that worked the case and shit. It just blew my mind. And I know there's a couple of them like small town dicks or whatever, but even they are uh, anonymous. I, I didn't get that. I don't, I mean, shit, you can go Google whatever you want to and read it, but I'm not knocking it. But told Sin, I said, I think our, our, our niche will be being able to put the personalized, firsthand eyeballs or ears on experience from the detective standpoint and tell the story. And uh, so it's real life, real crime, because it's real shit. It's the real stuff that happened. And that's what we came up with. And the artwork, Jenny. My wife is very, very artistic. Is that a word? <laughs> She's very creative. 
and but she knows what I like, and um, she came up with different things and images. And then once we got the base images, like the fast mic and the fingerprint, we actually hired a professional design company and sent them the base images, and they sent us all these different proofs to choose from. We picked which ones, or I picked which ones I liked the best. And so that's it. That's where you got a fast mic and the fingerprint. You know what's one I really like is the um, one that shows up on the episodes, the magnifying glass over the the fingerprint. But that's kind of hard to like put on a bumper sticker or anything like that, or even a T-shirt and be able to read real life, real crime with it. So but that's it, Jenny. Love you and appreciate you every single day. You're awesome. We love you. And that's it, y'all. I think I'm going to conclude the questions in the, in the statement part. And the reason we do these hotline episodes are not because we have to, but because we want to. And it's a, a benefit every single patron member gets from the $2 tier to the $20 tier. They all get the hotline and get to call it in. And I love the questions. I love it, love it, love it. And you wouldn't believe the response, the listener response we get out of the hotline episodes. And I think this is our third or fourth one. We're getting thousands of downloads on each one, like immediately. So I guess people like it. Y'all keep it up. I mean, we certainly don't have thousands of patron members. So the, somebody's listening to it and somebody's liking it. So patron members, don't hesitate to call in your questions would love to hear your voice love it you can just give shout outs questions or whatever but this week i'm going to do one on jessica chambers y'all and if you haven't seen it you need to google her and look it up what a fucking bad case that is and the reason i'm gonna do it i'd never heard of it and one of her patrons was telling me about it actually we put the episode vote kind of if you will to the patrons and dream team and and they kept coming up jessica chambers jessica chambers and it's set in a small town in mississippi not far from where i'm where i am now but it reminded me totally of the town that i grew up in but i've never seen such a fucking bad case of law enforcement and district attorney mess ups in my life so this week we're going to be taking questions for the hotline on jessica chambers so if you have any questions or statements or whatever call them in and i'm going to give you my own personal take on what i think is and i've been doing it a long time y'all i get hired i am a expert witness in the all United States federal court certified as an expert witness in law enforcement matters, which is kind of like having a PhD. You have to actually go in and, and they have a courtroom hearing where the, they don't want you to become an expert witness. The prosecution doesn't and the defense does. And the first time certification, it's a real grueling deal, but I got certified as an expert in law enforcement matters in all U S federal courts. And so part of what I do now is I look at defense cases and I pick apart where the cops have fucked up. And, and, and you know what? I don't feel bad about it. The, if you are not trained or you didn't ask for the assistance or you're just an asshole because there's good and bad in every profession, 
and there's bad cops out there and, and we all know that but there's a lot more a hell of a lot more good ones but people ask me how can you work on the defense side and i said well you know what if somebody's innocent then i don't mind helping them out and so i do that consulting work but this chambers thing oh my god what a travesty what a travesty for jessica's family and i've never seen anything like it in my entire life so which is well over 20 years uh on the job in the various aspects and now on the defense side so anyway that's hotline next week y'all get your questions in or statements about jessica chambers and when i get done i promise you i won't be able to go through north mississippi through those five counties that that district attorney covers because they'll probably have a price on my head because i'm gonna call it just like i said not cop hating because i never do that but stupid police work and stupid district attorney that traumatize the family over and over again are you shitting me i'm gonna lay it on the line for them okay so all our fans i love you it doesn't matter if you're patron or not your liking and sharing is what's making real life real crime grow so fast you are awesome each and every one of you i appreciate you and i'm not just saying that shit i really really do and i get to watch the numbers grow every day and y'all we're going somewhere this is going to continue to grow because of y'all and if you're not a patron member that's totally fine with me but i would ask it if you like us tell somebody about us so we can keep growing and moving up and i promise you to bring you better content editing etc and we're doing that we're putting our money where our mouth is and and new equipment and new ideas going forward but i appreciate y'all and don't forget you know we have a youtube channel where we post some videos post some videos from different places i'm at and stuff like that and you have to go to youtube and search the channels on the real life real crime podcast but anyways you can put a face with a name if you want to so i we have numerous videos on there as well as all our podcast episodes and then we have twitter and we have instagram which i know nothing about and we have the three facebook pages the real life real crime regular page real life real crime friends fans and crew and then the real life real crime lanyard page y'all and that's our newest deal which has got really strong response where people can display whatever it is that they like or sell stuff or trade stuff and you know i've gotten some good response because i wanted different kinds of beers and hot sauces and and several fans is we're interacting on that. It's a lot of cool stuff posted on there, so check it out. It's not a private page, and anybody can check it out. And but anyway, thank you for liking and, and sharing us, y'all, and making us grow. And we really, really, really appreciate you. And we're back to murder this week on this Friday's episode. So appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody. If I forgot somebody, I'm sorry. Um, but thank y'all for listening. And um, Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Thanks. I don't want nobody. Oh, she threw me.